When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, Giants fans? Uh, welcome to the latest episode of our Talk is Cheap podcast from NJ Advanced Media, the Star Ledger, and NJ.com. Uh, Tuesday evening right now, Daryl Slater here, Bob Brookover with me. Um, obviously, a really tough week for the Giants on so many levels. Um, they're two and seven. <laughs> we all know what happened. I mean, they got destroyed by a a Raider team that was unraveling uh, 30 to six in Las Vegas. And, and really worse yet, obviously the fact that the Giants defense played really badly for the first half is concerning, but the nail in the coffin of this season is the fact that Daniel Jones tears his ACL. Um, his season is over and and really effectively his, his time as the Giants starting quarterback, unfortunately for him is over and he will not have a chance here down the stretch to prove uh, that he that he can be a legit franchise quarterback. Uh, and it's really a tough break for him. And But Joe Shane has no choice at this point but to go ahead and draft a quarterback next year. We can get into that. Where he drafts a quarterback, at this point the Giants are fourth in the draft order. It's a lost season. They're two and seven. There's eight games left. I You could very easily see them finishing two and 15 uh, given their quarterback situation and that we don't know when Tyrod Taylor will be back from this ribs injury. He's missing at least the next three games, including Sunday in Dallas, where it would take the miracle of all miracles for the Giants to like, I think to even keep that game close. I don't care if it's Tommy DeVito, Jacob Eason, or, or Matt Barkley or whoever, or Saquon Barkley as their quarterback. So Bob, uh, you were, you, I was not in Las Vegas. You were there, uh, you know, just take me through, take us through the mood of that, that locker room after that game. Well, you know, I've only been covering the Giants two years, but I covered the Eagles for a lot of years. I covered baseball for a lot of years. That was right up there with the most quiet locker rooms I've ever heard in my my life when that game was over. I mean, it was – you could have heard a pin drop in there. Um, you know, just the, the entire stunning uh, turn of events. You know, you finally get – Daniel Jones back after he missed three games. You finally have Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones playing together for the first time since week two. Uh, you know, you, you know, you felt that whole week leading up to that game. Like the Giants felt like even after a tough loss to the Jets, they felt like, all right, you know, we're two and six. And just this whole thing is sucked to use a word they use a lot lately. Um, but Hey, we have a chance to start anew here with with our guys, Andrew Thomas back, and then it just you know it just fell apart from from the start. You know the the first warning sign was the defense put up no resistance on the on the Raiders opening drive. They go seventy eight yards or however many yards, seventy two yards, I guess, with with a rookie quarterback and just make it look easy. Basically, Josh Jacobs running the ball down their throat, um, and then you know. Daniel Jones didn't look that great at the start anyway, but then then he steps up to avoid pressure on the last play of the third first quarter, and you could just see something was wrong. He goes to the sideline during the commercial break between quarters. He's you know he's running back and forth. Yeah, 
you know, there's been a lot made about whether the Giants should have done more to see if he was okay. Um, but I got to say, I can't really blame the Giants given all that's happened this year. If they were like, oh, God, I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. Yeah, send him back out there. Um, you know, and they did. And he obviously wasn't okay. And nothing has been okay about this season. And now, as you as you pointed out, I mean, it's very conceivable that they could lose their last eight and finish two and fifteen, and draft the, the make the have the first overall pick in the draft. I mean, they they've got competition for that. The Carolina Panthers are certainly a horrific team, but the Giants are certainly in the running for that first overall pick now. Yeah, and we can get to that. And I think with that injury, I, I mean, it's pretty obvious he tore his ACL on the on the first of those two right. snaps. Sure. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Because. Like you, you know, maybe it was weakened to the point of being nearly torn, and then he tore to the next one. But like, it would have been, you know. He, I just think I don't. I don't think Daniel Jones wanted to believe it either. I mean, if you saw him, and that that's one thing. I don't know if they showed showed the replay, um, when they came back from the commercial break. But if you saw him running, I mean, he ran. He ran up and down the sideline like two or three times. He ran one way, then back the other way. He was running about twenty yards each way. And then he was lifting, doing high high knee lifts. Um, you know, I don't think he wanted to believe that there was really something wrong, which was a you know a big part of why he was able to stay in the game because he did did run those run that way. Uh, but you could even you could see he wasn't right. Uh, but you know, it was it, it was just a horrific scene. And then to, on that next play, just it was really crushing to watch him. You know, he just took the snap and went to and went down. So yeah, I mean, I think with that you can run straight. Are, those were the two sacks of Daniel Jones that you really couldn't blame on the offensive line, <laughs> right? And uh, you know, with those with torn ACL, you can run. I think straight ahead. I think it just it really revealed itself when he when he kind of cut, as in like when he went to stop in his drop back, and that's when it, then it buckled. So I think that's right. when when you're moving and you're moving straight ahead. I think you know you could walk and run with a maybe i guess with the torn acl i've never had one so um but yeah obviously, <laughs> obviously that you know what happened happened and um i don't think you know i don't think that's a situation where the giants are being negligent and they caused him to tear his acl he did it i think he did it on the first of those two plays and absolutely um and then of course you know we'll get to the future talk stuff but you know this team now the task at hand for brian dable is keeping this locker room together. That is priority number one. Uh, he needs to keep this thing reasonably on the rails as the losses are going there and they are going to mount. They are going to lose on Sunday in Dallas and they are going to lose their next two games. I mean, I'm sitting right now. They're going to go zero and three, right? They're not winning any of these games. I don't, maybe can they beat the Patriots with like smoke and mirrors? I, I guess maybe uh, I, you know, but they're not winning Sunday. Um, so the lot, that's going to be another one at two and eight and, you can easily see this becoming two and ten going into the bye week, um, and to that along those lines, that this locker room has been, you know, you haven't really seen any cracks in terms of how players view players and how players view coaches. But you did hear Xavier McKinney express frustration after the game, basically saying, you know, what he was saying was that like Wink Martindale was not listening when players were telling him during the game that certain things weren't working and to make changes. That's essentially what he said. You can read his quotes. I, that's what he's talking about there. Uh, McKinney talked at a charity event today and I got a chance. It was there with a few other reporters. You know, he basically said he's cleared the air with wink Martindale and they, but he didn't really say much else. So he said, everything's good. Okay. Well, you know, 
everything's good for now, I guess. But you know what? Like, well, let's see what we'll let's see where it goes from here. Um, you know, we don't control as, the loss, as you know, you've got and you've covered plenty yeah. of bad Giants teams. As the as the losses mount, it gets harder to just bite your lip and you know, you know, and just go along with things. You know, if, if, if might as well play this little game right here, right now. If there's a player you could pick who might crack here in the next nine weeks, really eight weeks, because they have a buy in there, and I'm and I'm sure. Brian Dable is going to be more than happy to say go away for a week. Uh, you know what? Wh- which player do you think just to, and just from pure losing that it's going to make him break at some time and just you know maybe go off? Well, I mean we we saw it with Evan Neal already earlier this year, and in, in a right, field, right, you know, and that that difficult. was more of a personal thing than a team thing, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think there has to be a, a reason there for it. I, and McKinney would be one. I mean, he's an emotional guy. Um, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau is an emotional guy. I'm not saying he's going to lash out at his teammates or at the coaches, but you're talking yeah, about uh, yeah, no, and I'm not saying necessarily he's an emotional guy. I mean, the root of his the root of his frustration was something tangible that he felt should have been happening. It wasn't just like. We suck. Everything sucks. The coaches are terrible. They're awful. Right. right. Like, so he was offering like very like detailed things that he was trying right. to convey. So I, I, I do understand. So yeah. I think there has to be something there. I do think this team likes Brian Dable. I think he's earned a lot of credit in that locker room for not being the way Joe judge was, which is like beating these guys down into the ground. Um, but players get sick of losing after a while. And so, Will guys have gripes? I'm I'm sure. Uh, we'll see if those come out publicly. Yeah, yeah. I did. I, I don't know if it'll be so much gripes, but just like just there's going to be an explosion at some point where you know if if the loss losses just keep coming the way we we think they will. Uh, the guy I would say I, I I can just feel his frustration boiling is Dexter Lawrence. Um, yeah, you know he lost his good friend this week to a trade to the Seahawks. Um, he watches him go have a chance to make the playoffs, although his, his, his debut didn't go so well in Seattle, but, um, you know, the, the, he just hates losing so much that I could see him just blowing up at some point, uh, after a game because it's just too, too much to bear anymore. You know, he's already been through it. You know, you, you, you think you're past it last year and now you're right back in it and maybe, uh up to your neck and it worse than it's ever been and 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 stuck in it you know because look this team's rebuilding and they're gonna be rebuilding next year with a draft pick and i keep saying we're gonna get to it and we will but like just to kind of put a bow on you know this part of it yeah i think dexter lawrence a guy who did not really lose at all in high school and college felt like he was through the the crap with the giants he signed a long-term contract this summer um and then I don't think he had any delusions that Leonard Williams is going to be here next year if he was being honest with himself. But, you know, this wasn't the all in the year that everybody thought. I think that some of this can be, you know, they can kind of rationalize it to themselves of losing with the fact that they're going to be starting a third for string quarterback of some type here um, for the foreseeable future. Um, I know that that, you know, I'm sure guys will be not going to say like, oh, it's OK, we lost. You know, we, what do you expect? We started Joe Blow mcstinky or whatever so like uh but they're not gonna say that they might be thinking that but that but i think too like that would be one thing if their defense was was not playing terribly against a rookie quarterback which is what they did in the first half i 
I think, uh, and this, you know, we can pivot to the future after this point here. This defense had done some really good things, but it remains a very frustratingly inconsistent defense. Like, I I understand that Wink Martindale is a prominent name. He gets a lot of credit uh, and I think a lot of leeway and slack from some people who cover this team because he's folksy, because he's nice. And, you know, some reporters have egos and they like they give benefit of the doubt. Not I'm saying you, Bob. I'm not saying you. Um, <laughs> they give the benefit of the doubt to people who are nice to them. You know, um, okay. Well, last year the Giants were 30th in PFF's defensive ratings. They were undermanned. Okay, Wink Martindale did some good things. They were good on third down, good in the red zone. This is supposed to be the year to take a step forward. They have good players, right? Uh, they're 24th in PFF right now, and, and I know that's not the the be all end all. But they're 22nd against the run. They were supposed to be better than that. They're 26 in uh, coverage. They were supposed to be better than that. They are 10th in pass rush. Pretty good. So, but I don't know. What, what do you make of this defense? It's been very inconsistent. And uh, yeah, what do, what do you what do you what do you think there? I mean, other than uh, other than Daniel Jones going down for the season, the most you know that was that's just an unfortunate thing. But the, the most disappointing thing about that game on Sunday was the defense didn't show up to me. I mean, that, you know, it didn't show up from the outset and, you know, some players were like, well, we kept playing in the second half. Yeah. Okay, fine. But you were 24 points to a quarterback. Right. You know, by, right. By that point, you know, it didn't matter what you, you know, and, you know, by that point also the, the Raiders are no longer playing the same type of game. You know, they're playing uh, a let's run the clock, you know, get through this. We kicked their butt in the first half. We don't even have to do anything in the second half. You know, it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a really, really inconsistent defense is correct. And and what was so disappointing about Sunday is that it seemed like it was, they were really an ascending part of this team, uh, you know, and if the Giants had, were going to have a chance to, to rebound in the second half of the season, it was going to be because their defense was really starting to come together and then it came apart in this game. In the first half of this game, it came. It just came apart. And there's still, you know, so many questions about uh, about about this defense. Um, you know, you're starting a rookie cornerback who's taken his lumps at times. In, in Deontay Banks, he has good moments, but he's taken his lumps at times. Um, you know, the the defensive line, Dexter and Kavon are really good players, but who after that? You know, uh, after that, nobody. <laughs> yeah, right, right. They traded the other guy away. Yeah, right. And you know, and and, and Aziz Ojolari has potential, but you know, Invisible. never on the field. I guess maybe he might be back this week, but big deal. Uh, when you get back for the games that don't really matter anymore, it doesn't you know you don't get any points for that. Um, so. I mean, and and really, if you're the Giants, how do you trust a guy that hasn't really played for you in two years going forward? Um, you know, you can maybe have him on the roster, but you can't really count on him anymore. Uh, not if you're smart. Um, so, you know, there's just there's there's so many questions about the defense still too, and particularly up front. And you know, there's so many questions on the defensive line, so many questions on the offensive line. And when you start with big questions in those two places, you're in deep trouble. Big time. And uh, I kind of addresses a little bit in the McKinney thing I wrote for today. He's obviously a pending free agent. I, I don't think that Joe Shane would or should let those comments like impact whether he wants him back. I think what impacts whether he wants him back is that McKinney's been a, a pretty good but not great 
safety this year. And so we'll see what he commands in terms of value uh, in free agency. I think that that's how Shane has to look at it. It's not like he flamed the entire organization. Uh, so I think you have to kind of measure those criticisms. But, and I'll, I'll put this to you, will Wink Martindale be back next year? Yeah, oof, that's a good question. I, I, I think he will be. And, and I, if think he is, so. I, think, I think there's a good chance that Xavier's back because oddly, I think Wink likes Xavier a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I think he, I th- you know, I think we saw it in the offseason that that Wink felt Xavier was a lot more important than than Julian Love. If you got two guys coming up and basically yep. they decided, you know, they, they didn't really have any interest in keeping Julian Love. Um and you know, I I'm not saying that's even a wrong decision because I, I'm not sure they have. I, I think they lost some serious leadership in Julian Love. Uh, I think he was a really good leader in that locker room. Uh, but um, from in terms of a player, I think Jason Pinnock is 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 certainly more athletic than than Julian Love. I don't know if he's he he's on par as a player with with Julian Love. So I don't know that they lost that much. Player wise, uh, is Jason Pinnock the same leader? No, uh, I, I really like Jason a lot, but and maybe it one maybe one day he becomes more of a leader. But right now he's a, a guy, tr- you know, in his first year as an NFL starter, just trying to, to to make his way and make a name for himself. Yeah, and I think that when you look at the guys who you know, we'll get we did a, one of these earlier this year, looking ahead to who would and won't be back an off season thing, and it'll get we'll get into it more uh, in future ones. But uh, in terms of Wink Martindale, I think he's back. I think the two ones to watch are probably Thomas McGahee. Time's up for him probably, and uh, maybe Bobby Johnson. But he is, you know, he's friends with Brian Dable, and they go back. So um, you know, who knows there? But uh, but I, I just think that this this whole this whole year plus with Wink Martindale, I, I'm not. I don't, I don't, I'm sorry, but like, what, what is the big deal here? Like, I don't like what, what he did a pretty good job last year, but the results are just not there consistently enough. He, they play great against the jets. Okay. You shut down Zach Wilson. Congratulations. So can like, you know, certainly the Los Angeles Chargers. Everybody, the guy is terrible. Yeah. So, uh, and he shut down Sam Howell. Congratulations. You know, like he's, he's green. So, uh, geez, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see about who's back, who's not back. Okay. So we kept saying, we're going to get into the, the quarterback stuff. All right. So the, that's what everyone's talking about right now. And that's the only thing worth writing about. Sorry, but we're not going to be covering the minutia for the second half of this year of comings and goings on the practice squad for you folks and the rearranging the deck furniture on the Titanic. Uh, <laughs> you know, enough time has passed since the Titanic. We can make that morbid joke. So I'm a little disappointed at all this because I really did a deep dive into Jake Jacob Eason today. But but anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice fella, but uh, no one cares. So um, the look, the Cardinals are one and eight. They're atop the draft order right now. They're getting Kyler Murray back. You look at their schedule ahead. They're, it's pretty tough. Uh, so you you got to think. Okay, so the Cardinals are one and eight. They're number one right now. The Bears are number two because they have the Panthers pick. The Panthers are one and seven. Okay. I'm sorry, Panthers, I mentioned before. Oh yeah, 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 all good. The Panthers have, uh, the uh, well, look. I think there's more winnable games left for the Panthers. So I think the Panthers could get to two, three, maybe four wins. That would be good news for the Giants, right? Uh, the Bears themselves are number three with their own pick at two and seven, and the Giants are four at two and seven. The Pats are five at two and seven. Those are all the two and one win teams. Um, 
where where could the Giants go here? I think Arizona could definitely draft a quarterback. The Bears would draft a quarterback. But if the Giants are four, if the current draft order stands, the Giants would be getting the third quarterback, even though they're fourth, because the Bears aren't going to pick quarterbacks back to back, obviously. So, um, I don't, and I don't think you, you think the Bears would replace Justin Fields at this point. I think it's possible. They, I mean, I. I don't think it's a lock. So I, I, I you know, I, I think it's possible that, well, I don't know. It, you know, you, you, the Cardinals are sort of in the situation of the Giants that the Giants were last week and, the, and no longer are where, you know, let's see how Kyler Murray does when he comes back. Um, I mean, I think it, it, Caleb Williams is a, is a really enticing prospect. And I think, you know, it would be hard for either of those teams to pass. I mean, this is a year three for fields and he wasn't drafted by the current GM. That's just what, you know, the Jets gave up on Zach Wilson after three years. Um, yeah. I mean, that's possible. Yeah. So, so there's so many people who still love Justin Fields though. Sure. Uh, I, so I think that, that, you know, there's a world where he, that where he is their starter next year and they go and they draft somebody else, which would be great for the giants because Look, I mean, the, the the top two quarterbacks, Caleb Williams from USC and Drake May from North Carolina, I think everyone agrees on that. Uh, will either of those guys be available for the Giants, depending on where they pick? My point with all that was, like, it's not going to be super easy for the Giants to get the number one pick, even if they lose out. Like, Arizona could also lose out. So um, I, there's a lot of moving parts there. But beyond, when you look at the quarterbacks who are available, May, you know, Williams, May, and then it's like, well, who else? Michael Penix, uh, I don't. I'm going to be honest. I don't really. How does the the young man pronounce his last name? I'm going to say it that way, at the risk of slipping up in another way. So <laughs> we're just going to go with with uh, Penix for now. So uh, and then Bo Nix from Oregon, right? Those are kind of the consensus top four. Maybe JJ McCarthy from Michigan, and then th- those would be the guys who a PFF has those guys in the top thirty of their overall big board. Then you're getting down to like Shadur Sanders, who may not even go pro if his dad has anything to say That's about what it. his father said today. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Uh, and then, you know, well, to be fair, he's making all that um, NIL money um, in college. Right. Obviously, an NFL rookie contract is much more than that. But right. Jaden Daniels from LSU. Um, but, right. So there's a couple ways they could go with it. I think they could draft a quarterback high. Or they could pick a really big playmaker, like if Marvin Harrison's there, they pass on him, and they could trade back into the bottom of the first round with that extra second-round pick, maybe get a Michael Penix there. Uh, I know we don't know a lot about these players, but um, I don't know if you have any thoughts uh, initially on like where that where things go from here. With, with yeah, I, I, I don't know how yeah, exactly. you guys are going to pick. I, you know, I, and I, you know, I'm basing this off games that I've watched Cal, Caleb Williams play, and I haven't been that impressed by him. I, to be honest, um, you know, he's he would scare me as a first overall pick, just from, and that's, and but I, you know, when I say that, I haven't watched every game that USC has played. You know, I'm talking about spot looking in a few times, and and he, he I think he's they've lost three times this year, so that's maybe part of, uh, you know. But, you know, what I don't know about the USC is how good is their offensive line, how good are the other skill players. So that, you know, obviously people who are getting paid to to make those decisions are much better at it than I am. Um, but, you know, if the Giants have a chance to get the quarterback they love, and I, I can, you know, I can definitely see a scenario where they're at least in the t- top five uh, that, you know, that, and – I really 
with with Jones out, I, I can really see them being a top, getting a top three to top two pick. Uh, and at that point, if you know, you to, to me, well, you, you know, you make an interesting point with the, the, you know, okay, take Marvin Harrison and then go after another quarterback later on. Um, you know, the other the other thing you can do here um, is. Um, you know, play Daniel Jones next year. He, he's under contract, and if you don't like this quarterback class, you know, there's no guarantee you're going to get the quarterback in the, in, in the following class. Uh, but if if Daniel Jones isn't good next year, and you're back doing the same thing at quarterback, you will uh, have have somebody. You know, it's a, it's a matter of who they like and what. The, and I don't even know what the quarterback class looks like in, in 2025. And probably most people don't. Uh, yeah, same. I, I just it can change. It can change in in an instant. Who's, um, you know, who's who's good and who isn't, and who who's going up the board. So, I uh, I would be shocked if they didn't pick a quarterback reasonably high next year. I mean, re- remember Jalen Hurts, fifty third overall pick. You don't have to get a quarterback in right. round one. I mean, you talk think about guys like even Mahomes. Josh Allen, who were not considered the guy there in their year, Lamar Jackson, right? And so um, that's sometimes how it how it falls. And uh, it's a really hard position to evaluate. It's the most important position. But there was always going to be a possibility that the Giants were going to be drafting a quarterback next year, even if Jones finished out the year. Say he finished out – it pays to be aggressive at quarterback. It just does. That's what – that's what – Howie Roseman drafted Jalen Hurts before he needed a quarterback. But guess what? The guy's great. It pays to take swings at the position because the upside is so great, uh, and 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 there's so many rewards you reap from hitting on that pick that it's that it's so worth it. Also, the rookie contracts are affordable. Jay, or da- Daniel Jones's number, or whatever, next year for cap number forty-one or whatever. Bryce Young's cap number this year is just shy of seven million dollars. You can easily have uh, like the number one pick on your roster with another guy. I mean, it's not ideal necessarily to have your guy who's sitting you know making you know counting 40 million against your cap but remember i mean the giants did it with eli manning in 2019 different scenario than daniel jones because he was at the end of his career but um yeah i think there was always going to be a way that this would happen but now i think this torn acl just makes the decision very simple for joe shane Uh, i'm not not saying he's happy that it happened but if if i was them and i have that Pick and you like somebody at the top of the board this year. I I, I definitely do it. One hundred percent. And and you know what? And if you know, if if you start next season with Daniel Jones as your quarterback, not the worst thing in the world either. To to let the guy you draft uh, sit and watch and learn whether it's for three three games, five games, ten games, it's not the worst thing in the world to happen. Uh, we were talking before we went on here, and I. Was just doing a little thing on first overall picks in the since 1967 at quarterback. Uh, 20 there's been 24 of them that start at least two games, and those guys are combined 84, 184, and two. Uh, uh you know, it, it, that's a that's a re- reflection of two things. These guys are going to really bad teams, yep, uh, who, who aren't ready to be good yet. Um, and in many cases, they went on to be good quarterbacks, and maybe that first year getting the crap beat out of them uh, helped. They also threw 317 touchdowns, 340 interceptions. But there's also examples of quarterbacks. Uh, Chad Pennington was one of them who sat for two years. Aaron Rodgers sat for for three years. Uh, I'm sure he didn't need to sit that long 
Uh, Donovan McNabb sat the first, I think, six or seven games under Doug Peterson when he was a quarterback. And and those things seemed to help those guys, uh, you know, develop and, you know, watch and, and wait. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I don't think it ever hurts to, to do that. Um, but, you know, if if you, Daniel Jones is going to be here, which he is, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And, you know, from Daniel Jones's perspective, I don't think it would be a problem for him because I think that's just the player he is that, you know, he's going to do whatever he thinks is best for the team. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, uh, the Giants kind of seem to think they might have got a – team-friendly deal from him last year, but they didn't. I mean, they they did in some ways, but they, you know, it wasn't like he just said, oh, yeah, whatever you want to pay me, pay me. Um, you know, and they, they got a team-friendly deal and that they were able to get out of it after two years without too much damage. But, um, you know, but back to my main point here is that if Daniel Jones opened next year as the quarterback with, uh, let's say, Cal- Caleb Williams uh, as his backup, not a bad situation to be in to start a season. Yeah, and you know, in, in nine to twelve month recovery from an ACL, which which brings Jones back in early August, which means the rookie is going to be taking all the first team reps in spring and maybe for part of August. So I, he, I don't he, know. better scenario. <laughs> I think I think I think that like the days of guys sitting like that are in most cases gone. And but that part of that is because there's usually not a guy. These this will be a unique circumstance where there's a guy on the roster already. Um, but I. You know, I, I just think that if you draft a guy that high, you're investing in him and you're, you know, that's he's he's your guy. So, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, but a great example in in, 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 the, in the most recent times of that is is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that's you true. Know. You're right. Yeah, that's so it's, you know, not Alex Smith was the guy that first year. He only started one game, um, came back 12 and four second year. Now. Yeah, and, and Mahomes is really fortunate because he went to a team with a good roster around him, and the these most teams, like you said, that are drafting a quarterback high are not going to have a good roster or, or around the guy, and it's not going to be a situation where there is an established veteran in there like Smith, who was good that year still, um, and then they can ease in the guy, the rookie, and he's going to have good supporting cast, and that's not the situation. This Giants team has a lot of holes. Um, so it's going to be hard for whoever the quarterback is, I think, next year, uh, given what we've seen of this roster this year. But, um, yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones is going to be back next year, obviously, and I would think gone after that. Um, does he have a future in the NFL? Sure. He could be a, he could, if Geno Smith can start again, I think Daniel Jones can start again somewhere because uh, Geno Smith was horrendous with the Jets. And Daniel Jones was only, like, horrendous in spots. And, uh yeah, right. unfortunately, Smith started, started five games from 2015 to 2020. That's not going to happen for Daniel Jones. I think he'll no, get a chance sooner. He'll um, get another chance. I think it's unfortunate for him, but you know that's the reality of the NFL. Like you don't, if you get hurt and you don't light it up, you don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. And um, you know whether he starts next year and gets a quick hook, like that's just the way it is, or whether he's benched from the get go. Like unfortunately, that's the way it is. I mean, the guy made 82 million bucks from his contract, uh, which you know, that's life-changing money. So I, I'm sure he's glad he 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 committed to that. Not that the franchise tag was going to be, well, I guess they, he could have said, look, tag me and they played it out, but whatever. Um, you know, they wound up getting a, six starts out of him, which they went one in five and, uh, and that's it. But I mean, let's be honest, like that, that's it. He's, it's done. Um, and, uh, 
I think for all effectively done, right? I mean, like you said, he could start some games, but I think we all kind of see where this is heading and, um, and it's reasonable, right? I mean, the, the GM wants to draft his own quarterback and the circumstances are just making the decision a lot simpler and more cut and dried. Now, again, I don't, not that Joe Shane is happy that this happened, but, um, you know, that's where this is going. And Shane, again, this, this really just underscores not having the guaranteed money trigger for year three. Okay. So Daniel Jones salary for 2025, the guaranteed portion doesn't kick in until March of 2025, right? Sometimes they kick in that number the previous off season, right? So, which makes it a true three-year commitment. The Giants didn't do that. They didn't make a real three-year commitment to him. They made a two-year commitment at $82 million. That's his contract. It's never, it was never for 160 for goodness sake. Right. Uh, so I think that, I mean, that was smart in retrospect. It was smart because you didn't know if the guy was any good, number one, uh, or, or vi- any, any great, I should say, but um, if he was great. So really it was about whether, can he take, he took him to the playoffs last year. Can he take him to another level? Um, and then I feel bad for Jones. Cause he didn't, you know, maybe he would have answered down the stretch. Like they weren't making the playoffs, but maybe he could have. Right, right, but there were so many things that, that went wrong. Uh, you know, and, and again, going back to the, to the main, the main one is the offensive line is just a disaster from, from the get go. And, you know, Daniel Jones is a good running quarterback, but he is not always, he, he's good at finding holes, but he's not always great at eluding pressure or stepping up and having a good feel for, uh, you know, for escaping the, um, the pressure that comes from having a horrible offensive line. Some quarterbacks, Mahomes is great at it. He's got a good offensive line too, but but he's great at uh, eluding pressure and just keeping his eyes downfield and and making plays. And Daniel Jones isn't always great at that. Yeah, and so um, you know that's how it ends really for Jones, un- un- unfortunately. And they, this team, it's not like all of a sudden like oh, people are thinking in their head like oh, okay, there were. Giants are done with Jones. They draft a quarterback, and uh, we'll start fresh, and everything will be great. Well, you just quote, you know, you mentioned how often rookie quarterbacks struggle for various reasons. Some of those guys that were number ones, we were going over before we came on here. Some of them obviously have been bust: Tim Couch, David Carr, right? But some of those guys, obviously, Sam, Sam Bradford. Uh, yeah, but then you're also talking like, a lot of them have, but there's some of there. There are quite a few who went on to be all yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing was only one of those 24 had a winning record as a rookie. So, uh, Andrew Luck, yeah, and so yeah, he was the uh, only one. Uh, but I mean, this is a multi-year rebuild. Being a weird thing, anyway. What's that? This is a multi-year rebuild, and and one of the one of the pieces to the rebuild is like we keep getting back to it almost every week. You drafted a right tackle, number seven overall last year, who has been terrible, terrible. Evan Neal has been awful, and so he's now hurt again. He's got a left ankle injury. He just got back from the. Uh, was it was it the right? So this was he he had been dealing with the right it's ankle. Or it's it's it was the right ankle. It's the left one now. Oh my! I mean, it's unfortunate for him, but again, like you know, injuries. You don't get the benefit of the doubt when you're hurt and you're bad. And he's been hurt and bad. Not that Jones was bad. You know, Jones just hadn't proved it, and he got hurt. Hey, if, I, if I'm if I'm I'm the Giants and I'm Tyree Phillips, I'm spending the last eight weeks or however many weeks Neil's out here, saying. You know, especially I'm Tyree Phillips, do everything you can to make them say, Hey, you know what? We believe this guy might be able to be our right tackle. I don't know if he can because they can't draft another offensive lineman high, can they? They can't. Right, they have right. other issues. Right. I mean, 
I, I don't know, you know, Tyree talk, Phillips talked about it when he came after he signed off the Eagles practice squad. They should have never cut him in the first place. But, you know, he was excited about being coached by Jeff Stoutland for for however many weeks he was there, six or seven weeks, uh, and talking and, you know, picking the brains of Lane Johnson and, and Jason Kelsey. Um, you know, he started a couple games. I don't think he was absolutely – uh, lights out great in those two games, but you know, get into a groove and see what he can do. Uh, he, he's got an opportunity right now to you know prove he can prove he can be an NFL player and be an, an NFL. You know, you don't have to have great players at, at every position. If you if you can be a competent, solid, good player, um, you know that's fine. If you can build around that, um, you know, I guess. Tyree was in, in, in well, he only played how many plays he only played 14 snaps against the he played an okay game against the the commanders didn't have such a great game against the Jets uh but then played a solid 14 snaps against the 61.9 grade and 59.2 against the commanders not great 69.3 passing pass blocking um you know so he, you know, he's got a chance at least, and and maybe maybe Evan Neal needs to be a guard. I don't know. Teams do that sometimes, um, but I, I don't know. If, you know, if you're a guard, you don't obviously have to be as have that quick first step to keep edge rushers from beating you on the outside, um, which has certainly been a problem for Evan Neal. Um, but we'll see. You know, one of the things about these last eight games for the Giants, there's a lot of guys who are going to have to prove themselves, uh, you know, beyond the quarterback, you know, that, that have an opportunity that maybe they wouldn't have. You know, if I'm the Giants right now, like in the secondary, I, I don't know if you start Trey, Trey Hawkins back at outside corner and say, hey, tough luck, Adoree. Well, you know, you're not coming back next year anyway. Um, you sometimes hate to do that because it, it discourages future free agents from um, coming if they think that, you know, you're not a guy that's going to stick with them. But, you know, if I'm the Giants, I'm looking at either Trey Hawkins or Cordell Flott on the outside. Cordell Flott's been the, the, the guy inside lately. But I'm looking at all – every young guy, well, I think has a chance to be able to play in the NFL or be a starter in the NFL, I'm looking at it for the next eight weeks. Bingo. That's what it's about. I mean, the, the rest of the season is about Brian Dable keeping this locker room together and about taking a look at some of these, a lot of these young guys, whether it's a, a you know, Xavier McKinney penning free agent or, um, you know, a Trey Hawkins, who's an interesting young player who you want to get an evaluation on or Tyree Phillips. I mean, you mentioned him. And so that's what it's about down the stretch for this team. And so before we do our Cowboys pick, which I mean, who cares, but like, we'll do it anyway. Um, all right, so real quick, like, uh, and I won't, uh, we'll just put, put you on the spot. I don't want to use that old Mike and the Mad Dog thing that they used to say because it's a little bit too much with the with the gun reference. Uh, so uh, you may know what I'm talking about, but uh, so who who will the Giants draft? Which quarterback will they draft? You don't have to say where. You don't have to say how it comes to be. You don't have to say if they're going to start in Week One. Which quarterback will the Giants draft next year? This is just for fun. Yeah, I'm going to say Cal Williams because he's going to be, you know, if if that's the pick they have a chance to make, I think that's the pick they make. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. You think they'll have, do you think they'll do it? Though? I mean, you think that they're going to be high enough to do it? I do. And I, you know, I also believe that. that Even Echo one. What's that? 
you think he might not go number one? Um, yeah, I do. I, because I think the, the yeah. Bears, I think the, I, I don't necessarily think the Bears are done with Justin Fields, and I don't necessarily think the, the Cardinals are done with, with Kyler Murray. But you think he'll be the first quarterback taken? I do think he'll be the yes. first quarterback taken, and I think it's possible the Giants have one of the first two picks. So all reasonable the, guesses. Given given those two things, I'll I'll, ch- I'll be something different. I'll say that they get Drake May. I don't mean you know the circumstances, whatever. It's whatever you want to make up in your head because we're just making it up right now. But uh, <laughs> Drake May, the kid out of North Carolina, six four, two thirty. That's about all I know. No relation to Marcus May, the former Jet safety. That's about all I know about him. I don't think he's. I mean, I I would be it. He is. Definitely, I I just Google image search him. He's definitely not. I wouldn't think he's related. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it would be interesting to have a North Carolina and Duke quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, uh, what the line on this Cowboy game on Sunday is? I think I saw it at fifteen and a half. To me, that felt low. Uh, what do you think? What's the score? I thought you were going to say, what's the line? 15 and a half. I hadn't even looked at that yet. Um, I, yeah, I saw that in passing. Oof. Cowboys are going to be angry too after how they lost last week. Um, <laughs> Cowboys, uh, I'm going to say the, the, the Giants defense does show up a little bit this week. Cowboys 27, Giants 6. Cowboys 24, Giants 3. So uh, another touchdownless showing. I mean, again, what do you expect? I mean, at this point, we can't keep trotting out these stats about their offense not scoring touchdowns because you're you're rolling out practice squad players as your starting quarterback. So which, again, I think gets back to something you and I talked about on the phone earlier this week. It makes it difficult to get evaluations of guys like how good is Jalen Hyatt? Well, you don't know because you got some a JV quarterback back there. So uh, that's just the reality they have to deal with. Um before the one thing I'm curious about is that I wonder how much Giants fans are. I think of all the quarterbacks they have on the roster right now, Giants fans would most like to see Tommy DeVito play. Um, you know, you, you saw like the reaction, social media reactions when they didn't let him throw the football against the Jets. Like, let the kid throw the ball, let the kid throw the ball. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you get a look at him, and you know what Matt Barkley is. Uh, right. I guess to a degree, you kind of know what Easton is. He's been in the league. He's had film. Um, right. Tommy DeVito's got to be the choice. I mean, and this is a chance for Tommy DeVito to sh- show, hey, you know what? Maybe he's, maybe he's a, you know, let's just say he shows that he's good enough to be a backup quarterback for the rest of his career. Well, when we were in, when we were um, at the Raiders game this week. You know, when the inactives came out, one of the Raiders inactives was Brian Hoyer, who is 38 years old, has started 41 NFL games, uh, has a losing record, but he has a Super Bowl ring, and he has made $38 million in his career. Uh, So if Tommy DeVito can parlay these next eight games into proving that he's good enough to be a backup quarterback in the NFL, uh, you know what? Good for him. I hope I hope he can for his sake. He also Hoyer went undrafted, so that's a that's a good parallel there. So right. you know, it's not like he was a fourth third round pick, kept getting chances. Undrafted player, yep. been all around the league. Um, and so that would be that would be a fun, you know, interesting for Tommy DeVito. Uh, and uh, well, but the usual, we'll tell you to like, rate, review, subscribe, uh, on all your p- favorite podcasting platforms. Appreciate everyone listening and our coverage, of course, NJ.com slash Giants. Um, 
We're going to have a little bit of change in Giants coverage here starting really this week. Um, Bob, you can just fill just just fill it in here. What you'll be doing more Eagles now, pretty much. Uh, all. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to my roots. Um, with the Giants not in a very good situation, our you know our website covers the Eagles, Jets, and Giants. Uh, the Eagles are obviously having another great season. You you pointed out to me, which I didn't even know, that every day since the start of last season, they've either had the best record or tied for the best record in the league. Uh, right now they have tied for the best record or, or no, or have the best record at eight and one. They're certainly an interesting story, a chance to go back to the Super Bowl the second straight season. And I'm very much looking forward to, to doing it as a guy who covered Philadelphia sports for 40 years uh, to, to go see what that team can do. A guy who's followed Philadelphia football for a long, long time, watched many, many uh, bad years of Philadelphia football. And there've been a lot of good ones in the last uh, 20 years for that franchise, 25 years really now going on uh, for that franchise. Uh, I think they've been to four Super Bowls since 2004, maybe three since 2004, I guess. But they've, you know, it, it's going to be fun to do that. I'm going to certainly miss working with you, Daryl, for the next eight weeks um, because I've I've really enjoyed it. It's been great. Uh, you're absolute pro who, one of the one of the best teammates I've ever had working with. So, uh, thanks for your your checks in the mail. I, I, I will definitely miss that all, <laughs> and I wait for and I wait for my check to get here. I'll look every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, who know, I don't know what we're gonna do next season. Uh, right. So, like, we're just talking about like the end of this season, how things are gonna go. So, Bob will be over there doing Eagles. Uh, we uh, well. Well, we'll still have plenty of coverage at nj.com slash giants from me and other we'll have a rotating cast of people helping out on the giants um and as far as the podcast goes we're still going to do it what we're going to do going forward here is i and i think bob will, i'll have you back on for at least one of the eagle games maybe both and we can just we'll do our usual thing for that and so okay. we can we can banter and bs about giants and eagles the whole thing so it's not like this is the last time we'll have bob on uh I'm going to make him come back on. And the Eagles guys do a podcast too. So that week you can just tell them to buzz off and that you're going to be doing this podcast. Um, What we'll do for those, for most of the other weeks for the rest of the season is this is going to, we're going to, we're going to make this kind of a New York uh, football podcast in that Andy Vasquez will be on. And Andy was on with me before the jet game. It was me and Andy, Andy and I, uh, Andy and me, whatever it is. I I write for a living. So, um, so yeah, we'll do that going forward here. Uh, with the exception of the the two weeks or one or two weeks and Bob's on for Eagles Giants week. Uh, but Andy will come on. We'll talk some Jets. We'll talk some Giants. He knows plenty of Giants. I know plenty of Jets. Uh, and this is just uh, we can just talk, make fun of bad offenses, I guess, uh, and, and and make fun of Nathaniel Hackett a little bit. I think Jet fans would be on board with that. And, uh, you know, I know Giant fans wouldn't mind hearing about the miseries. Uh, maybe the Jets aren't, won't be miserable in a couple of weeks, but the the struggles, whatever you'd call it, of, of another team. So we'll obviously still do plenty of Giants. Here I, I thought I thought about Daryl writing for my my last Giants column since I got so much flack from Jets fans when I wrote that Daniel Jones was better than than Aaron Rodgers writing that Tommy DeVito is better than Zach Wilson. But you can, I think, honestly, I think you probably have more people agreeing with you on that. So, uh, <laughs> Jets on, fans. especially Jets fans, yes. Yeah, it's almost, like Aaron, fans it's almost like they shouldn't have let Aaron Rodgers pick all the players Billy Turner, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard. Give me a yeah. offensive coordinator. <laughs> uh, we, we'll have plenty of time to, to rant 
about Jets, about Giants. And we'll just try to keep it fun the, the rest of the way, uh, to talking with Andy. And then, of course, when Bob's back on, too, for Eagles Week. Uh, because, look, I mean, it's just, we try to keep this fun. It's entertainment. It's sports. I know people are bummed, certainly, this week on some levels. I know, you know, in kind of a way some people are perhaps – you know, I mean, you feel bad for Daniel Jones or whatever, but I think people maybe wanted some closure to this whole thing and knowing that they're going to draft a quarterback because people like things to be neat and tidy, I guess. Uh, but the bottom line is this team is going to be going through a lot of tough times here coming up in the next eight weeks. It'll be interesting, though, maybe not always entertaining to see how they handle that. Um, but we'll be here doing it all uh, on this podcast. And then, uh, of course, nj.com slash giants. Plenty of comprehensive coverage there, as always. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for reading, as always, um, through uh, good times for the Giants and bad times. We always really appreciate everybody. And we'll be back with you. I'll be back with Andy next week. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'll be talking with Andy about Antonio Pierce uh, going 2-0. The, against the Jets and the, or the Giants and the Jets, the back-to-back weeks, maybe? Who knows? Uh, I think it's maybe possible, so we'll see. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you later.